All right. We have here world-renowned artist David Drebin in our new Riverside studio. Got rid of Zencaster. David, so thanks so much for coming on, man. Thank you for having me on the show. I see the New York skyline in the background. What a view. Tell us a little bit more. You're, are you originally from New York? You know, what's your story here? I'm from Toronto, Canada, and I struggled for many, many, many years in a small apartment in Soho when I first moved to New York and there were cockroaches and mice and rats outside. And it's the classic New York story of being extremely persistent and unbelievable perseverance and relentless pursuit for a quarter century. And I finally bought this beautiful place just off Fifth Avenue. But it was a massive struggle to be in this position, but highly rewarding. Mm -hmm. Now, you had, you had moved from Toronto to New York as an artist. Were you always an artist? I've never even actually seen myself as an artist. I've always looked at it like I was a creator of luxurious limited edition products that I distribute through the finest galleries worldwide. But I've never introduced myself as an artist. I've never really seen myself as an artist. I just have something to say through visuals that people seem to love all over the world. But I'm not an artist. Because I don't like that cliche that goes got it, got it. being an artist. You know what I mean? I never see myself that way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm a communicator. So, so in, in a very short... Okay, perfect, perfect. So visualist. I just want to make sure that there's one word in which, in which we could describe your profession here. Now, tell us a little bit more about that transition of, of that suffering, because I have to imagine that it was definitely not easy initially getting into New York. New York is tough to, to break into in the market. Tell us a little bit more about that transition, what you did when you were suffering and how you got out and got to the place where you're at now. Well, New York's the ultimate fuck off city. So it's like, Extremely difficult here to survive, but very rewarding Rewarding if you could actually survive with the dream that you have. So I always thought I was going to be a waiter. And I was in New York and I was working as a waiter and I was going to school at Parsons School of Design. So I was making photographs during the day. And then in the evening, I was working as a waiter and I was very happy making $100 a night serving movie stars and celebrities at a restaurant uptown while I made photographs during the day. I was happy with that life. And then I just kept on building an archive worth of work. And then I just started pursuing people who knew people in the business. And then it became an accidental business for me, the business of art. And, and talk to our listeners about what your art looks like and what, what the root of all of that is and, and just kind of the vision, the mission that it's evolved to today and where it's been over in the, in the past. Well, my website's daviddrebin.com, D-R-E-B-I-N.com. My Instagram's at daviddrebin. But for me, I just had a lot to say because I didn't really feel like I was heard growing up in a lot of ways. So instead of people listening to my words or not listening to my words, I was going to make sure that they stared at my pictures. And for me, it just came from passion and trying to understand who wow. I was through creativity. So, and I, and I, we did a little Google research beforehand, super just impactful, shell shocking 
pattern interruption type of visuals that we're able to see. What's the inspiration there? I guess what's the what's the I don't even know how to ask that question right to someone like yourself who obviously there's so much depth and intellectual cap- capacity to the work you're doing. I, just lay it all on us. So if someone Google's your work, what what do you want them to receive? And what are some of the goals that you have around around that? We do a lot of podcasts and I'm always asked, what's my inspiration? And my inspiration is a relentless imagination that is unforgiving, that is constantly forcing me to cater to it and to constantly create. Because if I don't create, my imagination gets actually very mad at me. So I'm in a relationship with my own imagination. So I need to create constantly to satiate a relentless imagination. And for me, I just love to create beautiful photographs, diamond dust works. It comes from within. It's like what I'm meant to do in life. And it's my true passion. And it's innate. And it's limitless and it never ends. It's like from the moment I wake up into the moment I go to sleep, it's relentless, constantly talking to me, forcing me to cater to it. And we all have that imagination that's talking to us, but it's important to cater to it and to listen to it. Otherwise, you'll develop very bad habits and be a very unhappy person. Mm. And what is your process like of creation? What is your creation process? What is my creation process? It starts with waking up in the morning and being grateful to be alive. And then it just kind of hits you out of nowhere. You can't all of a sudden be creative. Sometimes just going for a walk down the street and having silence. You can actually have your greatest thoughts when it's silent and you're not speaking to anybody. And you're paying attention to your own inner voice because we all have inner lives. And we have to figure out what it is that we want to express, whether you're a singer, a dancer, poet, writer, whatever it is that you want to do that's creative. We all have a creative side. And it's about being courageous enough to figure out what that is and to express yourself because there's so many different ways to express yourself. But you have to find that within. And a lot of people don't want to go deep. And the key is you got to go deep within yourself. And it's all about self-awareness and your own imagination. Mm-hmm. Now, now let's go further into that. So going deep with yourself, what does that look like? For, for those that really want to go deep and, and you know, they have these voices in their head that are, that are talking to them, there's a lot of resistance going on and they, they want to know how to attack it. What are some you know, immediate action steps that we can take to actually go deep? I think the most important thing is to get rid of a lot of outside voices and to sit by yourself and to walk the streets by yourself and get rid of all the outer voices that you hear every single day and go within yourself and ask yourself, what is my purpose? Why am I here? What am I supposed to do with my, if I'm lucky, 30,000 days to live? Because if you're lucky from the moment you're born until the moment you die, If you can get 30,000 days, that's a great life. So what are you here for with your 30,000 days? What is your why? And then how are you going to do your why? 
You guys like my answers so far? You like my answers? Go ahead, you like my answers? I love it, man. This is amazing. It's inspiring. There's so, there's a lot of depth to it. And I, I'm curious. So you mentioned a quarter of a century it's taken you to get to this place where you're at now professionally where you call it luxurious limited edition pieces and products. Maybe you said pieces, maybe you said products. Not, I can't remember which one you said. But what does that evolution of your work look like over the last quarter century? Well, I started out making photographs of girls. Then I started making photographs of landscapes. And I'm actually very good at photographing guys too. But I found that there was more of a market for my photographs of women in these situations in penthouses and really high views, like kind of like this apartment. And I just stopped making photographs of guys, men, because there wasn't really a market for that work. And it's very expensive to make photographs. And then I started making neons. And then I started making sculptures and then I started making diamond dust prints. And so I'm a multidisciplinary artist who works with many different art forms. And I feel like I have my own unique style. And I think what makes a great artist, whether you like the work or not, is when they have their own unique, instantly identifiable, recognizable style. And that's what true success is. And you mentioned. Creating your work is fairly expensive, takes a lot of effort and whatnot. What does that look like, I guess? What is the financial process for you to create something? And how has that evolved over time? Where is it at today? Are you allowed to talk about that on this podcast? I'm not sure. You can ask me any question. I'm allowed to talk about whatever I want to talk about. And the best part about being a creative person is I actually don't have a boss. My imagination is my boss. I don't work for anyone else but myself. So I'm always catering to my boss, which is my imagination. And it's going to allow me to answer the question like this. If I want to go make a landscape of Rio, I've got to fly to Rio, put myself up in Rio, get a driver, take me to the top of the mountain, make the photograph, get my production team to make the photograph beautiful, to print it on large scale, frame it. There's, it's extremely expensive to do that. So that's just one example. Some photographs are more expensive to make than others, but it's a materials thing. It all depends on what materials Mm -hmm. that you use. It's not about what's expensive. It's about what do you want to do with your life and how do you just make it happen regardless? Mm -hmm. I love that. And, you know, we do have a lot of our listeners that are in the world of entrepreneurship, the world of business ownership and self-employment. So, you know, the, the question I'm assuming a lot of people are asking right now is, you know, how, cause a lot of people want to follow their passion, but at the end of the day, it's tough to monetize your passion early on, as I'm sure that you, you're, you know, trying to do for a while. How did you go about creating these beautiful abstract designs to then eventually selling them? Cause I'm assuming that your strong suit was the creation process. How did it come down to actually monetize and then building a lifestyle around it? I was always satisfied being a waiter in my twenties. So I just made work because it was from a place of passion and creativity. And while I was working as a waiter, I wanted to then become a commercial photographer, which was being a service working for brands and magazines. And I realized after a decade of being a service that I'd rather create a product and be the brand than be a service. And I always tell young people, do you want to be 
a service to others, not of service, but a service, or do you want to create a product? And I think you've got way more control when you create a product than when you're a service. So I created this product. I marketed all over the world. And then there was demand through the finest galleries all over the world and art collectors all over the world who wanted my work. And then it just sort of snowballed from there and they told their friends and they told their friends and they told their friends. And all of a sudden I was in an accidental business when I always thought I was going to be a waiter. That's amazing. Now, now where do you see this going? Because now it looks like, you know, you got yourself up in a nice high rise apartment. You know, you're coming down to Miami for Art Basel. You got a really established career, a lot of followers on Instagram. What is the message that you're looking to get out and where are you seeing your business and your profession evolve? The number one message for me is to actually inspire other people to believe in themselves. I'm very fortunate. I'm very grateful. I've been able to create this lifestyle for myself through my passion and my imagination. And I have such disdain for wasted talent. And every single person has some sort of God-given talent. And if they don't pursue it, they'll lead an extremely unhappy life. So my mission is to inspire people to not waste their hidden talent, their wasted talent. Do not waste your talent. Find your talent. Find your passion. And just fucking go for it, man. Do it. But people are too scared because they're not willing to do the work. You got to do the work to be self-aware enough to figure out what your purpose is. That's great. What does your life look like day to day, month to month, year to year? Like, what is what is your what is the flow of your lifestyle? What is the flow of my lifestyle? Well, it might seem really glamorous when you look at it on social media, but the reality is it's a grind like anything else. It's all about routine and being consistently consistent all day, every single day behind the scenes with nobody watching. Love that. It's constant grinding and maintaining, establishing relationships all over the world with like-minded people with a common goal. That's a soundbite right there, brother, because this is the Consistency Wins podcast. I don't know if you knew that, right? That's what we stand for, brother. Consistency all day. (laughs) All day. It's perfect. From the moment I wake up to the moment I go to sleep, it's grind, 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 and a little bit more grind all day, every single day. And how often do you travel to to create? And what does that look like from a traveling standpoint? Is it international? Is it domestic, regional? What's that usually look like? I've been all over the world. I've traveled all over the world by myself at least 300 times around the world. It's 26,000 miles around the world. And I've traveled that hundreds of times to get the picture because I have to make the picture. I sometimes don't want to make the photograph, but my imagination tells me you have to make the photograph. So I have to go do it. Otherwise, my mind will play tricks on me. If I don't do what it asks me to do, because we're all in a relationship with our imagination. So I've traveled all over the world and I will continue to God willing. If you were only given five locations that you could travel to for the rest of your life, where would you go? Well, what's interesting now is it used to be about the places, but then I realized it's really about the faces and the places. So it's not about where you travel to. 
It's the faces in the places. It's not the places. Mm. Who's got the best faces? What place <laughs> has the best faces? In your you know personal recommendation, where sometimes are the you know the most sometimes the most beautiful people are the ugliest inside, and sometimes the least attractive people are the most beautiful. So for me, it's an energy thing. It's not really a physical thing. It's about how people make you feel. I've met extremely physically beautiful mm -hmm. people who made me feel terrible. And I've met people who were not that physically beautiful who made me feel special. And I think life is all about how you make other people feel and how other people make you feel. You want to surround yourself with spiritually uplifting people, regardless of what they look like, instead of spiritually depleting people. And that's what I'm looking for always. I'm looking for the magic and as little madness as possible. It's not a physical thing for me. It's an emotional thing always about energy and feeling. At the end of the day, like you, you can cut all the, the unnecessary, like materialistic part of life out. And it really just comes down to the quality of your relationships. Really, what do I want with my life is true quality relationships. When I close my eyes and I think about, what I want my life to look like, you know, 10, 15 years from now. Sometimes you, you envision all oh, the, the cool cars and all these cool boats and whatever, all that stuff. But really it comes down to most of the time when I close my eyes, it's the people that I'm with, right? Sitting around a fire, sitting around in the house with some really quality people like, you know, Landon, yourself, you know, our families, all that stuff. Cause really it's the feeling out of life that you're looking to get, not the actual thing. And so it's a great point that you bring up. Now, I want to revert a little back to, you know, your traveling and stuff. It, it posed a question for me and just a, just a selfish question. What I'd love to know is, you know, what's the craziest thing that you've ever done to get a picture? You know, your mind's racing. You're like, I need a picture in that spot. What's the wildest thing that you've had to go through to actually get the picture? If I answered the question, what's the craziest thing I've ever had to do to get a picture? I'd probably get myself in a whole lot of trouble. So I can't really answer that question because it's the crazy stuff that's the real story behind the photograph itself. But often I can't really share what that is because people love the final image. But if they saw how I actually got to the final image, they'd be flabbergasted potentially. It's kind of like, you know, you go to a football game and you eat a hot dog. But imagine if they put on the screen and they showed you how the hot dog was made. You probably never eat a hot dog ever again because you get to see the final finished product. Right. So I want to show you the final finished product, but I don't always want to let you know how it was made because I might be judged with how it was made. So I, I'd rather just show you the final product. Yeah. Sometimes ignorance is bliss in that sense. Like sometimes that's the beauty of being able to see an outcome and see, see it in its state that you created that's all the power in it. Yeah, that's amazing. What advice do you have for young artists, young creators, young people who are growing and building something and building a passion? What advice do you have for folks that are listening to this podcast, which most of them are younger entrepreneurial people who are trying to create something, create freedom in their life and be kind of the CEO of their own life and time? What advice do you have for folks in that, in that stage of life currently? What's really interesting is that young people often lack patience and they feel like they're running out of time and older people develop patience and they think that all they have is time. And it's funny how that 
kind of work. So I wish I would have told my younger self to be a little bit more patient because looking back, it all makes sense. But going through it, it just seemed like it was incredibly laborious and trudging through mud and it was never smooth. It's never been smooth, but because it wasn't smooth and because there was so much struggle, that's why it's so much more rewarding when you look back. If you get what you want right away, you'll never appreciate it as if you struggled for it for many, many, many years. So my advice That's great. is always to be patient and to really fight for your dreams, for what you believe in, not for what others tell you to believe in, but for what you truly believe in with yourself. And a lot of people aren't self-aware enough and they're not willing to go deep within themselves to truly pursue their passion. Hence, so much wasted talent that irks me tremendously. I can't save the world, but if I can inspire one person to not waste their God-given talent, then that's a beautiful day for me. Yeah, yeah. A question we always like to ask our guests, and you kind of alluded to this earlier, but I'd like to ask it direct. What does consistency mean to you? Personally, professionally, whatever that is, what does the word consistency mean to you? Well, put it this way. When I discovered photography in 1992, it was like a prize that I had found. And I have never taken my eye off the prize for one minute since 1992, 30 years ago. All day, every single day, something to do with creativity, photography, marketing, branding, packaging, design. Every single day, all day for 30 years relentless perseverance and pursuit that's insatiable there is no there but the only thing that's consistent is consistency itself all day every day for 30 years boom mic drop and and everyone that's listening to that you know you're hearing from someone who you may think has arrived right you're at the you know the pinnacle of your career that things are going really well but every single day, David is doing the thing, the work in and out every day. It's constant grind because there is no destination. It's about the process itself because of how obsessed he is with his work. So thank you so much for saying that because I needed that myself as well. Because sometimes you think that, you know, being consistent is going to lead you to this destination, but really the reward is the consistency. The process is the reward. So you have to make sure that over time you start aligning with that process. So now you're just genuinely living the life that you want to live. So that's what we're you know all what? about. In closing, David, sorry, go ahead. No, I was just going to say that a lot of people have, have a lot of the, a lot of people have difficulty with their relationships with themselves and to be entrepreneurial and creative. There's a lot of time spent alone, digging deep within yourself. And a lot of people have a hard time being alone because being alone is a big part of being consistent following your own dreams and getting rid of all the outside voices. So the only voice you hear in the end is your own. Mm -hmm. And creating that massive distinction of instead of being by yourself, learning to be with yourself, because there's a lot of love and gratitude in that space. And the one thing that I recommend a lot of people do, because this is the toughest thing for me, I feel is put your phone in the other room or throw it out, whatever you need to do and just sit with yourself for hours Without any external things, sit with yourself. After the first couple of minutes, it's going to feel very, very, very uncomfortable. 
But over time, thoughts are going to come in. There's going to be a lot of love. There's going to be a lot of cool things that go on that you learn about yourself. And over time, that becomes a practice and you learn to be with yourself, not by yourself. Because now those times I start to crave because of the fact that I'm so outward facing. I love putting my energy towards other people as, you know, the both of you guys do as well. But that, that time with myself is now the recharging time. How can I recharge and how can I get back into, you know, my consistency and my spirituality? So you bring up a great point, David, and I appreciate you doing so. Thank you. Now, with that being said, in closing, we're wrapping up here. What do you have to leave our listeners? Is there anything on the top of your mind that you want to make sure gets through right at the end? I know this has been massive value and we've barely talked about art itself. This has just all been about consistency, spirituality, building the life that you want. What is the one thing that you want to leave our listeners before we wrap up? The first thought is always to believe in yourself. And a lot of people have a hard time liking themselves and they're so worried about what other people think of them that they forget to actually have an opinion of themselves. So you have to develop habits where you actually like yourself. And if you like yourself, you'll be rewarded with liking yourself, which seems so simple, but it's very complicated because a lot of people don't really love themselves because they're not in touch with their imagination. So I say, get rid of the outside voices, figure yourself out, pursue your passion over a sustained period of time and be of value to other people in life. And the more you give, the more you get. Love others instead of trying to get other people to love you. I love it. And in return, people start to love you. But Life works in reverse. So many people mm -hmm. spend their time trying to be loved by others, but they'll be so much happier when they actually love others instead of trying to get others to love them. Yep, exactly. And everything you just said is so good right there. And, and belief in yourself, right? You said believe in yourself. Initially, that sounds like cliche, right? Oh, everyone says to believe in yourself. But believing yourself is a muscle that needs to be worked on. And that's through consistency. By following through on the very things that you said you're going to do consistently every single day, because that over time leads to self-confidence, which eventually leads to happiness. So find those micro habits, find those things that you can do every day and prove to yourself that you can do them. And then you eventually evolve into the person that you want to be. So with that being said, David, thank you so much for coming on, man. Go crush it at Art Basel. Keep crushing it in everything you do and keep inspiring, man. Thank you. Thank you.